Welcome to the Entrepreneur Academy with your hosts, Nick Dutton of Engage Finance and James Cross from Crossover Property on this episode of the Entrepreneur Academy. Even on my business card, I've got a photo on it. And someone told me I look in my mid-30s the other day and I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> is that the one on your Facebook? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You do look older in that one. I do. I don't know, I don't know what yeah, Paul yeah. did on the photographs on that. He's but, done some uh, good work there. In uh, 20 years' time, I won't be glad looking 10 years older. We can keep the picture. <laughs> keep the picture, yeah. We'll be 35 forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, here are your hosts, Nick and James. And welcome to the Entrepreneur Academy. Uh, we've both myself, Nick Dutton, and we've got Jim Cross here as well. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to talk a bit uh, more detail about Jim and we're going to look at what he does, a bit about his personal branding, his property journey um, and any tips that he can give to you guys as listeners as well. So Jim, you want to give us a bit of a background about yourself? So I did an apprenticeship in engineering when I was 16, um, worked myself up to the point where I started working in technical and application sales. So sort of selling high value equipment um, to some sort of um, tier one suppliers uh, in the engineering world. Um, a lot of it was very consultancy based rather than sort of, you know, just selling cheap products. We're selling expensive products uh, on a very bespoke basis. So uh, very much a consultative approach on, on a very technical aspect. So that set me up quite well in the property world. Um, I, I've always had a desire to run my own business at some point. I didn't quite know what it was. Um, a couple of years ago, while I was working full time, I started a uh, an e-commerce business, which allowed me to, to grow that and, and get to a point where I could actually afford to quit my job. Um, so I quit my job in January, uh, not last year, the year before. From doing that, then allowed me to explore a couple of other things I wanted to do, and one of those was property. And the more I started looking into it, the more I really enjoyed it and actually thought um, it's where I wanted to go full time and, and really grow a business out of it. So I've stopped doing anything with e-commerce and focused purely on property now. Um, and that's kind of my very brief journey of how I got into running my own property business, I guess. What spurred you to pick property? Um, well, it was, it was when I first quit my job and I was working quite a full-time demanding role anyway and running a, a small e-commerce business. And when I quit my job, I realized I've got all this free time. Mm. And I thought, oh, great, I need to go and find something else to do. Yeah. Um, and as you do, you start you know, researching business ideas and um, other things. And property's always been of an interest. Um I know my grandfather was a bit of an investor himself and okay. um, although he's not around anymore, I kind of, it's always been in the back of my mind at some point to invest in property. Um, so as I started researching it more, I started, you know, coming across the various groups like Progressive and, and other ones like that. And and you start realising there's more to it than just property. It's, it's a whole other world. And I think oh, yeah. the more I got into it, the more I realised how exciting it was. Um one of my bugbears in the e-commerce world was very lonely, just sat behind a computer selling products. And, yeah. and quite frankly, it was, I got bored of it. Um, it wasn't exciting. Um, thing I like about properties, I've got the technical aspect, which I love. So you've got the deal analysis, you've got the actual, you know, building works and stuff inside a property. Um, you've got a lot to do with relationships and negotiation and sales and, Absolutely. you know, that's what I did in my job previously and that's what I really like to do, um, both working with people and also having the te technical aspect as well. So it, it just suited me down to the ground and I've, I've kind of hit the ground running with it and everything else is, you know, set by the wayside now, so. So what was the e-commerce? What was it say? Um, so I did a couple of things in e-commerce. I had a, had a website that I used to sell um, sort of survival equipment in the in the US oh, um, right. and then I also sold stuff on Amazon as well in Europe mm -hmm. um, I did some importing from China as well and other little, little bits and bobs and it was ex it was exciting it was it was a very good experience um, but ultimately it was very capital intensive yeah. Um, yeah. very time consuming I mean the accounting alone on that was and bookkeeping was oh, like imagine. the bane of my life yeah. um, when you've got different VAT regulations in each different country in Europe and you've got God knows how many transactions going through per month. It was just that alone was enough for me to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you quit your job because you wanted to do something more enjoyable, but actually wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a good catalyst for me to to move, you know, and, and leave my job and actually allow me to have some sort of income every yeah, month. Yeah, um, it gives you background in, in business. Because property is it's a business, isn't it? It's a full time business. It, it is. Um, so you can take the same skills from your e-commerce business and put it into your 
property business, I assume. Yeah, definitely. It's, I think some people get into property and, and you know, they think, oh, I'm just going to buy a house or buy another house and they start looking at, you know, adding a little bit to their income, which is fine for some people and you know, yeah. that may work, especially if you're working full-time as well. Um, for me, like I said, I've, I've wanted to run a business and I don't want to be small. I want to be, I mean, I want to have a, a big business and, and, and grow it. Um, yeah. I'm still young and I still got a lot, lot to give. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I very much had a, had a goal in mind, um, that I was quitting my job in January the 1st, um, working a sales job, those people who know that, you, you know, Q4 up to Christmas is one of your biggest, yeah. um, moments. So I was selling what I could and getting deals completed, to leave and I had a pot of money to leave in January. I remember going into work for the first day in January and within about five minutes speaking to my manager <laughs> telling him I'm leaving. Um, and I think it was the least thing I expected to see. Come on, it went down like a lead balloon. It, it did a little <laughs> bit, yeah, it did a little bit. Um, and funnily enough, they actually offered me uh, the sales manager job about three months after I left, really? um, which I, I declined because I, I didn't want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of the property then, you. you you went down the the sort of saucer packager route. Yes. What? Why? Why was that your chosen route? Um, so I think when I when I first started in the in the property world, there's I think the fun, one of the fundamental skills is also you know like you said is a sourcing side. You've got to be able yeah. to find a property deal. Um, and I think it was it sounded for me at the time quite easy to go source property, um, find an investor, get paid a fee for it, and it's a nice little extra income every month and in reality it's not quite as easy as that um but I, I did start in that world because for me i felt it was the best way to to learn and the best way of using the skills i already got to get into property yeah um so i think that's what really drew me to it so what you know for anyone that doesn't know what is a a packager so in, in my mind people get called sources or, or deal packages and um they are broadly the same thing. Um, I sometimes class it as slightly different. I'd say a sourcer is someone who would find a property uh, for a client or, or find a property and try and sell it to a client just for a set fee. Okay. Um, deal packaging is is involved with that, but sometimes it probably extend a little bit further where you might find a property and you know you you package it as a deal where it might need a refurb and you oversee that whole process for an investor. Um, so start to finish, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think people get those mixed up, and you know, back you know, a year and year and a half ago, I was probably more sourcing. Now, sourcing is an aspect of my business, but I'm by no means a property sourcer um, purely. That's that's not what I do. Um, so I'm more deal packaging and, and other things we'll come on to. Okay. So I mean, you probably know it more than anyone. Everyone seems to be a sourcer nowadays. Yeah. You know, from your, from what you do, what sort of makes you different from the side of it? You do the whole package. So, yeah, definitely. So, I think what makes me different and, and kind of unique, I mean, everyone's got their own approach to sourcing. And, you know, there's different types of people and companies out there. Yeah. Um, I'm very much in it for the long term. I've set my base uh, for those who don't know Nottingham. So, I know the area very well. I live here. Um, I do now invest myself um, in property and, and you know that's my long-term goal and because I've got that and got the experience with running projects as well, I think I work more on a one-on-one -on -one basis with clients and, and kind of understand what they want from property and what their strategy is and then try and work them long-term. Okay. So basically giving them as much of a hands-off investment as possible. So it's more um, of a one-to-one -one type of service rather than see some deal sources, you know, they find the deal and then they just pitch it out to everyone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had some experience with that and it's not quite worked for me. Okay. Um, I think as I grow and expand, I might start broadening my investor um, kind of database and people I work with. Um, maybe offering two levels of service. One, we have a, a kind of broad investor list and one we do very much bespoke sourcing and, and strategy and portfolio building, as I like to call it, because I think there's certain things I won't go and find for clients or that okay. won't work because... Yeah. What people want won't always suit what I can offer. I can only yeah. offer what yeah, yeah. some people need. Um, and I think it's best to be like, 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 like you've said, you've you've set your basis Nottingham. We hear a lot of horror stories of sort of London-based sources mm. that find deals in Nottingham, and they're just completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I won't name names, but yeah, it just seems <laughs> to be the way it is. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you've obviously got a power team behind you. How hard has that been to find, like reliable builders? And um, 
I think it, it, it's certainly taking some time um, to feel comfortable with the people I work with, um, try and find you know the best way of working with them as well. And yeah. I think it's always a, it's a little bit of an iterative process as well. You'll always find things might fall down, things might strengthen relationships in other places. And um, I think now when I look at the team I've got around me, I'm really you know pleased with the people I'm working with. And I think it's it's massively helped my business having good people there who are going to deliver what they they need to deliver what they specialize in as well yeah um builders and build teams and that's that's always a big aspect um i've probably got three different build teams i work with for different types of properties um because we've got a number of projects on at the minute so i kind of have to spread it across a couple of different teams um and ultimately we come down as, as the main project manager for them yeah um so yeah, it's it's certainly getting there, but I'm always on the lookout for new people, always looking to strengthen relationships as well. Okay. So what what you know, you're obviously working in the sector. What what would you say is the best investment, you know, for a safe but you know, there's always gonna be risk there. What what are you seeing as the most popular strategy, um, the best strategy? Yeah, it's it's um I suppose it's a very personal thing from what investors want. True. Yeah. Um because I, whenever I speak with investors, it's also you know it's working out what they want from not just property, but what they the reason why they want to invest in that property is it building a long term legacy for them? Is it you know just sticking money they've got spare into an asset? Mm-hmm. Um, I think things like you know rent to rent everyone's doing nowadays. I think for a long term investment, that's maybe not the best way to go. If you've got a pot of money, I think the best thing you can probably go and do is actually buy a property and buy an asset. Yeah, um, I think you have to be careful of the type of asset you go and buy and the location. Um, do your research, make sure you're happy. Um, if it's, it, it, it does very much depend. But if you're buying a single buy to let and that's that's you're just buying that for the long term, you're probably not going to go far wrong. Um, you generally won't have a lot of hassle from the tenant, and they'll generally stay there a long time, and you'll yeah. probably be able to hold it long enough to see some capital appreciation as well. So you're never going to go far wrong with that. No. Um, I think some of my best clients are just happy with the single buy to let route and that's what they do. Yeah. You know, yeah. nothing too quirky. It's just a safer, less hassle type of route, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people have been buy to let millennials for, for years. Exactly. Um, and they're, they're usually the, the quiet ones who aren't on all the networking circuits and all the Facebook groups. And the, there's, you know, you probably only see 10% of the people online who actually invest in property. Exactly. And yeah. the rest of them are just steady slow and steady buying and acquiring property and leaving it and growing it do you think people jump in too deep straight away you know um, doing big commercial conversions like a first project that sort of stuff yeah I, I, I would say so yeah um, people can sometimes get the uh, the stars in their eyes so to speak and yeah. think uh, you know I'll go and do a commercial conversion project and there's loads of money in it and I'll get all my money back out and I've got this massive asset that's going to be giving me all this cash flow and um, in theory it sounds great but when you've never even done like a small refurb before or anything like that it can get very tricky the market can change you could have under costed things the bill will take longer your bridging fees could go higher um, there's so many different aspects to kind of tweak and, and manage and for an experienced developer or landlord who does something like that they've got maybe other cash flow avenues and other assets there to yeah. kind of mitigate that risk yeah, um but if you're just jumping into it and that's your sole thing, you could end up in quite a lot of trouble. So I'd always say start off, you know, something you feel comfortable with and, and working your way up slowly um, and or work with someone else who's got a lot more experience than you. That's maybe another way to accelerate your growth. Okay. Um, I was going to say, so if someone came to you with, with no experience, would you feel comfortable working with them or do you like someone that's got a bit of background um it, it very much depends on on what they bring to the table because yeah. um, i've done you know a couple of different joint ventures with people for different reasons and there's always a case of i'm not going to joint venture with someone who brings exactly what i bring to the table yeah, because it's it's obviously not worth it yeah um i think you know there's always a case of usually there's kind of three things i see in in joint venturing in terms of bigger projects you've always got who brings a deal who brings the money and who's managing it and or delivering that project and or and or deal um, so it's finding a mix of those three who's bringing what to the table you see um, 
if someone came to me with no experience, they've got a cracking deal and they want to learn and they're keen and I can see it with them, then I'm happy to, you know, work with them. Yeah. Um, I get that. If, yeah. you know, if they just come along and want everything, then probably not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, you've grown quite a big, big business in such a short space of time and people are starting to see that, you know, working with you opens a lot of doors for them and it's a good, you know, how have you found growing the business quite quickly, really? Yeah, um, it's it's been challenging, uh, if I'm honest. Um, it's it's certainly been challenging. I'm not saying it's been uh, you know all bad. It's been it's been definitely um, a lot of positives. Yeah, I think one of the things you know when growing and 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 you know actually trying to really commit to it all is is finding what you want out of the business and the reason why you're doing to it, doing Absolutely. it, uh, and really really stick to it and then keep that in mind every day. Um, I, I said a couple of years ago, not many people really probably know this part of my family, but I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. So I've got, well, I'm turning 27 soon, so that gives me three years left. Um, <laughs> That's exactly the same as me. Yeah. Exactly the same. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's, it's a good goal to have. It's, it it's, um, it's you know, it's going to be a challenge, but it's certainly possible. Certainly possible. Yeah, yeah, and while it's always a possibility, I'll keep striving for it. Um, I was 35 though, so... Okay. I'll piggyback on yours when you get there at 30. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, yeah. um, you know, everyone's got their own goals in life. It's, you know, for me, that's, that's the kind of figure I came to. And, you know, I don't have a, a immediate family myself, but I'm quite close to my mum, brother and sister mm-hmm. um, who struggle a little bit and, you know, have struggled at the minute. And I always want to build something so they don't have to worry in life for the future. Um, and same for me as well I mean I want to enjoy life and travel a bit more and it's it's about having that security there for the long term so is that your why yeah that's my main why yeah Um, and also because I I enjoy business I I enjoy seeing it grow Um, this is a weird analogy and I don't know if anyone else would have something like this but I've always uh, when I was younger enjoyed strategy games um, and I think of life as one big strategy game it is it's a game um, of monopoly, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're building your wealth up, you're building your assets, your relationships, and all that stuff. And it's, yeah, looking at it's just looking over a longer period of time. For someone that's you know, eighteen, nineteen, starting out in business, would you say that property sourcing is a good start? Do you think it's too swamped at the moment? Or what what um, do you think? I say, I say it's certainly a viable option. Um, I think. If you're, you know, there's no reason you can't do it when you're young. I've seen other people do it um, who are younger than me. Um, so I'd say it's certainly viable. I think the thing that people have to be aware of, especially at that age, is, is if you if you pick it and want to do it, you have to stick with it at yeah. least six months to 12 months. Yeah. Um, you can't just sort of start doing it, get disheartened after a couple of months and then, then quit and change something else because you'll never see the results. No. Um, and you lose your reputation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you asked me obviously how, how my business has grown so much and that's because I've stuck with it and yeah. I, I tell you something, the last say three or four months have been absolutely brilliant for me because I'm starting to see all the rewards from all the work I put in six months, nine months ago. Yeah. Um, and it's all coming, which is which is great to see. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen overnight. No. The same as any business. Uh, I think the problem is a lot of a property is seen as almost like an overnight success and the right deal can be but realistically it's, it's like any business it takes a lot of hard work and it will it will come over a, sort of a, a longer period of time leading on to the training and things like that it's being pushed a lot onto people isn't it mm. at the moment for young entrepreneurs that are listening to this what stage do you think they should be at before they start looking at property training that sort of stuff Again, it depends a little bit on, on, on your situations. I think you have to be a bit careful of not going out there, getting all excited by, you know, some training things and trying to sign up for different types of training uh, all in one go and spending yeah. all your money because you can soon get, A, overwhelmed by all the different strategies, all these things out there. And I think there's there's a lot of free resources out there. There's always knowledge out there, either from people or from free resources or very cheap resources online and through books. Um, sometimes what people lack is the accountability and the um, the kind of direction with things. Yeah, um, in my mind, those 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 two things is the direction and accountability, and also the the actual knowledge and training that are the fifty percent each. Really, um, yeah. you can have all the training but not have any direction, and you can have all the direction without any training. And I think the problem is when you when you're younger, 
you have less confidence in yourself. So sometimes you, you rely on so much what other people are telling you. Yeah. And that's not always the right information. No, definitely not. No. Um, you know, sometimes people have their own agenda and own, you know, reasons for leading you down a certain path as well. And it's, yeah. you have to be a little bit careful, but you, you know, you can find really good people out there who would be happy to spend time with you and actually, you know, give you some guidance, give you some direction. Um, and go with that. I mean, I mean, for example, I, I've got my uh, my apprentice who works with me. He's only eighteen, but yeah. he's learning a lot. And I'm trying to not just teach him property, but give him some direction in life and, and mm-hmm. you know other core skills. Um, it's like Adrian was saying last night, which made me laugh. That you know, you talk to him at a networking event, and it's free. He'll tell you everything you want to know. <laughs> but you know, talk to him outside of that, and he'll send you an invoice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's definitely. true. I mean, that sort of leads us on to networking. You know, you do a lot of networking. Yeah, is is that a key to your business or? Yeah, it is. It's um, I, I say it certainly helps. It's, just, it's the same with the business point as well. You can't just turn up to a networking meeting and then not go for six months and no, expect you're going to get loads of investors and loads of good contacts. Um, it's like you know you have to keep showing, have to show you're you're there every month so everyone knows you, and then start building those relationships up. Yeah, um, it's like me and it were talking about people looking for angel investors, and yeah, you know they they come along when you least expect it. Um, I've had it six months after I've been to a, going to a networking meeting. Someone's come to me and said, oh, I've got some money to invest or I've seen you've done that project. Can we work on the next one together? Yeah. Um, but you don't realise, but from their point of view, they're looking at the people who are going to be committed and who they can work with long-term, not people just flitting in and out. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I see in networking certainly helps. It was something like six touch points, isn't it? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, so people, a lot of people misunderstand networking that it's just one event. You go up, show your face, and you get so much business, but it doesn't happen like that. I've handed out cards to the same people for the same sort of three-week, three-year networking events I've been to, and then the fourth one, they come and ask me what I do. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a long a long time to to build that. So, I don't know, like you, last night was the, the Leicester Progressive event, and you were doing the, the round table event. Yeah. How, how was that, you know, presenting confidently, elevator pitch, that sort of thing? Does that come naturally to you or is that quite difficult? I have probably had a, a bit of experience um, in terms of when I was working in sales and, and yeah. you know, it was it was not I say, you know, sitting on a market stall trying to sell, you know, <laughs> bits and bobs, but, yeah. you know, I'd have, you know, quite, I say, heated discussions, but quite um, consulting discussions with sort of managing directors and, and certain high level people and companies working out. Um, specifications on products and pricing and all that fun stuff and it does take certain skills to do and it, it's not learnt overnight it's it's you know a lot about keep on pushing yourself out of your comfort zone um, and you know building it from there and I think for me when, when I was in property and started learning about property I, I found it very difficult because I didn't feel confident in what I was talking about because I didn't know property exactly um, now I feel my knowledge is, is to a level of I can actually confidently talk about it and, and give my elevator pitch um, yeah. but um, yeah some people may struggle with that confidence side of things I still do yeah you know, you know when you when you get the 20 second pitch I just freeze up mm. in my head in the queue I'm, I know exactly what I'm going to say and then just as soon as I get to the front I'm like <laughs> and it just doesn't come out yeah so I think that's you know approaching the younger entrepreneur sort of market a lot of the young people now have got bags of confidence mm. and that comes naturally to them and they don't realise how much of a skill that is that other people wish they had. Yeah. So when, they, when like you were saying, you talk about the property, uh, confidence around the property and that sort of stuff, you know, these these entrepreneurs, if they if they come across confident and it can lead to a lot more doors opening than they think. Yeah, um, definitely. Because um, I've always found to, you know, clients I've worked with as well, I mean, I never try and pretend I know everything and there's always right. stuff I'll get caught out and I'll not know. Yeah. Um, but I usually be trying to be quite open and transparent about it. And exactly. I think one of the key things is if, if an investor or a client or whoever has confidence in you as a person, um, that's what that's what's important because yeah. you can always go and solve that problem or go and find out a bit more about it or, or whatever it may be. Um, it's the kind of people I know if I were to work with someone and they seem very unsure of themselves, very kind of, you know, not fully committed in property or whatever, then that's when I'd start, you know, backing away. Even yeah, if they've got the best deal in the world or yeah. they think they know it all, then 
that's when I'd lose my uh, confidence. Yeah, you better. It's best to be honest because if it comes out later down the line, you just lose it all yeah. reputation. So that for those people that are probably sat listening to this, thinking networking is like their idea of hell, <laughs> what what sort of advice would you give to them? Um, I mean, there's two trains of thoughts really. I mean, it's. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I struggle networking sometimes because you know I have a long day yeah. working, and I, I think, oh, I'll just go home and sit down now and exactly. relax or and catch up from emails or whatever it may be. But you have to kind of push yourself out of the comfort zone constantly. Um, and I think even if it's you know if if it's an evening one you don't quite like and you're more of a morning person, um, there's all, there are morning breakfast meetings out yeah, there, so why not try those? Um, if you're brand new to you know to property or, or any kind of networking, mean take a friend with you. Um, yeah, that always helps. Um, yeah. You know, if if you get too scale, you get you know you don't like it on there. Just speak to your friend or leave him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least you've gone. Uh, people have seen you there, but yeah. always try and just push yourself out and talk to people. Everyone's in the same position. Everyone's everyone's always a little bit nervous going. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's out there to meet new people and make new contacts. Definitely. So yeah. And when you get chatting to people, you realise that you know everyone's so friendly. Yeah. You, you you walk in and you think you're a small fish in a big pond, and everyone's doing massive, big commercial projects. And then you talk to someone like, "Oh, I'm new to property." You're like, "Why didn't I just talk to you ten minutes ago when I was too scared to?" You know. Yeah. It's, exactly. You don't realise what you could bring to the to the table at any stage. Everyone's got a skill set that they can that other people are definitely going to be looking for. Yeah, definitely. And like you said um, about obviously catch you at networking meeting, it's free is, you know, while you're there, while you've got professionals in the room in their own fields, you can get free advice off them. Exactly. Um, you can either come prepared or you can have a bit of a chat about them and, and you know, talk. I mean, if I'm ever at networking meeting, I'm happy to speak to people uh, as long as I've got the time. But if you catch me outside, you know, during the day in the middle of working, then it's a different story sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's why the, like the mastermind table idea is brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. To sit one to one with an expert in the field, you know, whether that be HMOs, you did the sourcing one, uh, the SA one, it's massive. Yeah, it's people that have done it, but it's also the people that are not going to give you the bullshit, sit all singing or dancing. It's brilliant. Let's do this. They're going to give you the nitty gritty. Yeah, I was there on a Sunday evening at ten o'clock painting a wall or whatever. You know, you get it from all angles. The Entrepreneur Academy. Quick fire questions. We do this with all our guests. Not that you're a guest, but the quick fire questions round. The first one that always gets people. What's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Oh, they think I'm a woman instead of a man. Too <laughs> <laughs> fair, no. yeah, I get that one. <laughs> it's a, it is a good question. Um, I don't really know, to be honest. It's I think I think sometimes, if, especially when people speak to people on the phone, they actually don't realise I'm as probably young as they think I am. Yeah, um, I agree with that. That's that's certainly something I do get. Um, it will actually someone else even on my business card I've got a photo on it and someone told me I look in my mid 30s the other day and I was like hang on a minute <laughs> is that the one on your Facebook yeah it is yeah, yeah. yeah. you do look older in that one I do I don't know I don't know what yeah, Paul yeah. did on the photographs on that he's done so, some good work there yeah but yeah well in uh, 20 years time I won't be glad looking 10 years older but we can keep the picture <laughs> keep the picture yeah we're we'll 35 forever yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, so people would always think that you're older. I think that's a good thing if you're not in the phone. Yeah, that shows that you've got maturity, and yeah, I think it's good. I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I must admit, when you said you were the same age as me, I thought pretty hell. I think entrepreneurship is in in fashion at the moment. Yeah, yeah. What what would you say is the definition of an entrepreneur? What makes you one? What makes someone one? Um, I think the definition of an entrepreneur is someone who probably wants to be different and wants to break from the norm a little bit. Um, I I always, throughout my my life so far, I've always questioned things and always not liked how other people have been doing it and not liked quite to stick to the rules. Um, The one thing that really gives me an entrepreneurship, I'm in complete control of my life day in, day out. Yeah. Um, Doesn't always feel like that sometimes dealing with in in the property world, but... um, Ultimately, it's my business. What I want to do, I do. Uh, I don't have to answer to anyone. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's that's what I feel like makes me an entrepreneur. That I'm in full control of building my own business, and I don't have to answer to anyone. Ultimately, if a book was written about you, what would it be called? Ooh, good question. Um, 
I feel like if a book was written about me, um, I don't necessarily know what it would be called. I, it, I'd imagine I, I'd have lots of nice little stories I could put in there about different times in my life that would be useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we call like Jim's snippets or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Jim's life snippets. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a. Uh, I, I, I keep on thinking about the little things happen to me in my life, and think oh, I should go and write them down. Some because some should, part yeah. of a book. Um, yeah. What sort of things? Just as a, a, oh, a header. Good question. I think it's. Oh, there's a. Oh, there was a good story. Um, little things like even if I'm on a property, for example, and like I see something that's that's quite funny or unique, uh, specific to that property, then it's always documenting it because it probably yeah. never happened to anyone else. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's just a, a, a funny little story to brighten someone's day. Um, I like that one you put on Facebook underneath the wallpaper. Oh, yeah. Some yeah, sketch yeah. of a, a man's face or something. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Putting off wallpaper. We saw original sketches and someone putting it on the plaster. And it was bizarre. You, you, you never see it. But no. it's, um, yeah, a cool You're little playing way. a bit of fun. Yeah, that's it. Looking back at you, an 18 year old, what sort of one piece of advice would you give to yourself? Um, back when I was 18, I'd probably. What was I doing when I was 18? Um, I was two years in my apprenticeship, moved to Nottingham. Um, I'd always I'd always thought about going into business earlier. And in a way, I wish I went into business earlier. But at the same time, if I did, then I wouldn't have had the experience I've had in sales. And I probably, yeah. Yeah. I'd jump quite in the deep end in the, in the sales side of things. And that's massively improved my just general business and own skills, which have massively helped in the property world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say I say my 18 year old self I'd say do more of what I wanted to do rather than what other people wanted me to do um, that's a good one I think that's that's probably a key message I was always pretty independent anyway but I'd always I'd probably just emphasise saying do more of what I wanted to do because that leads to so much as well yeah 100% a lot of people are scared to sort of especially in business but you know even if you're employed you're, you're only employed 9 to 5 yeah. what you do outside of that time is it doesn't make any difference to your employer you do what you want and you yeah. don't realise how powerful that can be but again that's that was my sort of thing you know I was working 9 to 5 and that's what I thought I had to do you're so sort of fixated on that job talking about your, your sort of personal self and your business self sort of give one word to describe you your personal self and your business self I say my personal self is probably more introverted um, than people think and okay. business self probably a lot more extroverted um, I think for people who know me in the business world probably see me on Facebook see me you know talking with people quite confidently and, and that's that's fine but yeah. I very much in my personal life like to have quiet time to myself and be yeah. on my own yeah. um, and I'm not massively sociable outside of business because I, I don't just think of it as my business and day job and then I you know go home it's over it's, it's kind of my life and I yeah. build it around my life yeah. and, I, and I like it that way sometimes it can mould together anyway I could quite easily blow a whole entire day off with friends or whoever or watching TV and not, not doing anything and yeah. I, I struggle to switch off sometimes which people who know me <laughs> do, do know that but yeah. um I saw it actually on your, your Facebook post last night. Someone commented saying, do you ever take a day off? Yeah, that was my auntie. Was it? Um, <laughs> Next question. Best compliment you've ever received? Ooh. Probably more business related before we go into your yeah, yeah, <laughs> dating yeah. history. <laughs> well, you don't want to go into that. I don't know if they're compliments or not. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. I've been meaning to actually ask for, for like reviews and stuff from people recently to, to advertise on website and stuff. But um, I think an investor of mine recently commented of how uh, diligent I've been in terms of working with them in their property portfolio. Okay. We've finding quite a few properties for them and they've, they've sort of said that we've been quite you know um, thorough and, and presenting all the facts and being quite... Um, strong on figures and stuff rather than just trying to source a deal to them it's been looking at their strategy and making sure it's right for them yeah. and delivering it yeah. um, so that was quite nice if you could change one thing about the property sector what would it be? it could be one or two things it could be the training side of things which I probably get shot down by some people for talking about is uh, you know I think I think with a lot of the training aspect out there there needs to be kind of a, a, a minimum requirements for certain types of training yeah. and I think a lot of people who, who want to get into property and start looking into it need to go through a 
a more entry level process and start working out is it right for them as a business 100%. and not just jumping into it and, and starting three months and then doing something else um, would you would people argue that the, the sort of the three day open date type things do that or I think I think they do to a level they give enough education to show you what different types of strategies or property type of things there are out there yeah um but ultimately, it is a, a sales platform to to sell training. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, you know that that's a business model in itself, and you know, working sales myself, I could see that quite clearly. Yeah. But it's a funnel, isn't it? I'm not saying it's not you know not right to go on training courses. I've been on training courses, and they've they've been good. Um, it's just knowing for you personally what is it you want out of of life and business, and is property the right thing to do it? And if it is, then commit to it. Don't just try different trainings and get lost in it all. If you're going to do something, commit to it for a period of time and then make a decision. Touching on sort of young entrepreneurs, not necessarily property related, it's just anything that you've learned from business. What, what sort of top three tips would you give to a young entrepreneur that's venturing um, out now? Well, going back after that, pick, if you're going to pick something, pick it and, and focus on it and, and don't divert from it. Um, the Although, second. C- counteracting that, what about if. They start to be realizing that actually it's not the right thing for them. It depends how you feel about it. It's it's more of a case of if you feel that it's really not if it, if you not necessarily that it's not working for you, but if you feel like it, you're really not enjoying it and you're not you're not liking it, then yeah, maybe look at, at doing something else. Yeah. But it's more of a, a case where you pick something, then don't try and start doing something else alongside it and yeah, something yeah. else. Yeah, and, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I've I've quit things before that I've not enjoyed or not liked or they've not worked out and. It happens. That's where you learn. That's yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with. It's not. I wouldn't even call it failure. It's just learning from different paths you've taken in life. I suppose other tips is when you're young is actually one of the better times to do it because you haven't really got a lot to lose. Um, True. You know, that's going back to my thing about my 18 year old self. I probably would have liked to have started a business back then because you know I'd have less overheads than I've got now. You know, I could recover from things quickly. Um, it's not the end of the world. Whereas now, you know, there's a lot more riding on it if you were given the opportunity to start again would you probably I probably wouldn't have changed much but I might tweak things along the way I've always liked to uh, I've always wondered in my life if I could if I could reverse back a year and go and try a couple of different paths in life just to see where they left but yeah, unfortunately yeah. life yeah, life's not like a, it's not like a video game where you can save it and no, go back again no um, so, uh, so yeah make, make the most of your time I guess and, and commit to something and the choices you make are the choices you have to live by. The biggest part I feel behind any business is sort of personal brand is is the individual that's running it. Mm. And I feel like you've 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 built up a really good personal brand for yourself. But what sort of image do you want? What what do you what image do you think you've got? Um, how how do you affect that? Yeah, so I think when I because a lot of it is through I think Facebook. I get a lot of kind of. Um, branding out there for people that know me on there and I think it was a decision I took maybe six months ago a bit longer um, you know I, I held off for it for a while I was like I don't want to be advertising on Facebook I see all these people I don't really use social media that much yeah. uh, and I thought right okay well I'm not going to use it personally whatsoever um, I'm going to use it purely for business and yes I put I post a few personal-ish kind of things on there Yeah, but for me the brands I want to perceive and I hope I have out there is that I am you know a young individual, my, my own person, and I can have a bit of fun. I can take things, you know, seriously as well. Um, and what I deliver is is what I try and deliver, and I work hard to do so. Um, I'm certainly not sitting on a beach every day, uh, <laughs> sipping cocktails. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at it every day, um, doing something in property. And what I, I preach to people and what I, I say to people is what I'm doing as well. So I, I'm not too kind of corporate and all business it's a little bit fun involved in there as well a little bit of like the odd um, I think you need that balance you do yeah um, at the end of the day you're still human aren't you so that's what people want to see yeah I think I think people who, who see that as well interact with you more as well they see it so it's actually that's quite funny like you yeah, said yeah. Like those, those sketches and yeah, yeah. thing. it's yeah. it's something interesting that people might want to see and yeah 100% you know, I get remembered for it yeah, yeah. and you've you mentioned about being young do you think your age holds you back as your personal brand or um, people might say oh you don't have the required experience because you've not been doing it for that long or whatever yeah well 
I think obviously like I said everyone kind of probably perceives me a little bit older unless they know me yeah. um, probably going to lose a load of clients now they know I'm 26 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah I think I think I'd always challenge the people and say look yes I am only you know say 26 and you know in some people's eyes young but I think that comes with other attributes that I'm you know I don't really have many other ties in life and I work very hard on what I do and yeah. if I want to deliver something I will make sure it's delivered yeah. um, or try my best to do that um, so I think that's that's one of the main things I always say look I'm, I'm, I'm young and hungry and I've, I'm energetic and I've got I want to be able to deliver things so yeah. I think yeah. going back to the, the tips for young entrepreneurs, that's one of the biggest things you just touched on there. That you know, people make mistakes. That's a fact. But where you gain your credibility is you go, yeah, I messed up, but actually, I'm going to do everything impossible to fix it. Yeah, and I think that's 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 where personal brand comes, and that's where you can overcome that sort of age issue. Yeah, yeah. That's what I found for myself is, you know, it can take half an hour 40 minutes of chatting to someone about funding mm. before they sort of start to you can see that they start to trust you yeah because they think that they're chatting to someone that you know the same age as their son or something like that and they're thinking if I had this discussion with my son it's not something that they'd know about yeah so it's probably similar to you you know they're talking to you about property and you know 26 years old they're thinking you know, I'm, it's like I'm chatting to one of my kids about property yeah. they, they probably shouldn't know what I'm talking about so <laughs> yeah definitely think, yeah, let, let, let your knowledge and your, your you know what you talk about do the talking not your age from what we've seen on, on social media and from what you've been saying you know your business life is you know 100 miles an hour all the time but touching on mindset and, and you know personal branding as being one of the key parts how do you sort of balance that you know keep the you know, when you're like you say, your alarm goes off at half five in the morning. How? What gets you out of bed? You know, what keeps you driven? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, it's it, well in business for me, it, it does excite me. No day is the same, and it's I, I you know I had times in my old job where I'd be sitting in the office and you know flicking through emails or looking through LinkedIn articles, boring my, my face off, just wanting to get home. And yeah. I can't say I've had a day like that for a very very long time. Yeah. Um, and you know time flies to me which is which is good um and it's you know it's exciting i'm learning a hell of a lot every day um so i think i think it, it's certainly that's one aspect you have to kind of enjoy what you do and have to want to get out of bed yeah. um not saying you have to be at it you know 16 hours a day non-stop you, you do have to take time out um Usually for me, I sometimes work Saturdays and, and do the odd bit here and there, but Sundays I usually just try and completely block out a Sunday, yeah. uh, take a full day off where I can. Um, and, you know, little mini breaks in the week as well when I get a chance. Um, I think for me, I've, I've always been quite level-headed and quite not too stressed out about things. There's, there's always a lot going on. There's always a lot of stuff whirring around and it's working out how best you work and how best you can handle it all. Um and just trying to trying to manage that that's what we've sort of done is is tried to integrate golf you know that's a yeah, bit yeah. you know it's, it's downtime but also it's not completely downtime because you're still networking with the right sort of people definitely um, so I think it's like you say balancing balancing that time you, you touched on uh, we had a, a discussion before this about getting up early um, and obviously you said you're an early starter yeah I'd rather work late at night Um uh, the problem is you see so much on Facebook now about if, you know if you're not up at half five you're a failure this that what what do you think about that um, yeah I mean I think I, was, I mentioned on the back of reading uh, Rob Moore's new book uh, Routine Equals Results and I'm not quite finished it yet but I'm nearly there and I've got the gist of it yeah um, but yeah it, it comes down to ultimately some people get up early and that's what works for them some people work late at night and that's what works for them and yeah. I think there's no right or wrong answer you have to figure out what you want to do um, and it, you know, it comes back to what you know, saying when you're younger do what you need to do do what you want to do um, and ultimately that's what will work for you don't try and force yourself into someone else's mould um, like for me I, I like getting up early some of my best work and most productive time is before nine o'clock in the morning so usually I can get a couple of hours working before that um, just when it's quiet and there's no nothing else going on um, I know sort of just after lunch I have a very low period where I get yeah. a bit tired and, and frustrated so I want to have a sit down and relax and just maybe flick through some emails and then 
I sometimes do a bit of work in the evening and hit nine o'clock and that's me done. I can't I can't work after nine o'clock and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm asleep usually by ten. <laughs> um, anyone who knows me personally knows I go to bed very early. Yeah. <laughs> so that. I must say, I'll, yeah, I've texted you about half nine. I just don't get a response, but then <laughs> at five in the morning, I get a response. So go through on WhatsApp. I'm like, oh. yeah, just it's just how different people work. Because like I said, I'd rather be up at nine, but then work till midnight, one o'clock in the morning anyway. So it's just different things. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, sometimes you get nights if you're at networking meeting late. I mean, I didn't yeah. go home to about half eleven last night for yeah, the networking yeah. meeting, and admit last did they'll get up at half five, but sometimes. You know, you have to think. Well, actually, I need an extra bit of time in bed just to just to recover. So, yeah. don't push yourself too hard because it will have a negative effect on your day anyway. Yeah, um, I think that is the thing. That's the key part. Is just because it's people think it's right to get up at five. If if that, if that day isn't right for you to do it, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where being an entrepreneur, you've got that flexibility. Yeah, definitely. You've not got to be up and be in the office for nine, even though you're out till midnight networking. Yeah, totally. So. People talk about you know, being too busy, they've got no money. Do you think people, are, like, with how much you, you've had to graft to get, to get your business where it is, do you think people just don't want it enough? Too lazy? It, it very much comes down to why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. If you've got a strong enough why, then you will push yourself and you will want it. Um, I think for me, when I quit my job, I was like, well, that's it, I have no security. I could have gone back into a, another job, but yeah. I decided I have to make it work in yeah. one way or another. Um, and you know you've got that's my massive reason why then because I have to earn money <laughs> and, and sort of linking to your why are there sort of business people that you look up to I'm reading uh, Elon Musk's autobiography at the minute and yeah. I, I do find him fascinating he's got a very um, you could call it bizarre work, work ethic and a very um, strong one he's done a hell of a lot since he's been been around and I do, do I do admire him both from the sort of technology side of things he's doing as well as his business mind yeah um, and uh, yeah he's definitely one of the, one of the people I look up to for sure anyone else um, well I was I was starting to uh, well I've been watching Peaky Blinders recently and okay. I, I was I started like drawing similarities between me and Thomas Shelby but minus all the killings and the alcohol <laughs> I was going to say yeah. <laughs> for what I know about the show yeah you're sort of a gang lord of uh, of Nottingham yeah it's interesting just watching him like on screen I know you've watched it but for those who have he, he sits there very quietly all the, a lot of the time just listening yeah. to people yeah yeah you can see the, the gears ticking away in his head and I, I sometimes think I'm like that a little bit just sitting back and and, and, and thinking it. to myself yeah although he's not a real person but <laughs> so we sort of touched on you know your target of sort of being a millionaire by 30 has that always been your goal yeah it's, it's definitely been a goal for the, the past couple of years um it came down, you know, ever since I was young, I said, look, I want to be a millionaire and I want to run my own business. Yeah. I never quite knew how I was going to do it, yeah, yeah. but I knew that was going to happen. And then just having that clear kind of vision, I still not a hundred percent clear how I'm going to get there, but I know I'm going to get there. Okay. Um, or I'm going to strive to get there anyway. Um, cause three years will come down quite quickly, especially Absolutely. in the property world. It yeah. could sometimes take a year or year and a half to get through a property project and, and actually see the, you know, fruits of it. Um, so yeah and I think I think goals will always change you have to I mean for me I review my goals every year um, on a yearly okay. basis usually just after Christmas because it's nice and quiet I'm sure there's a saying somewhere out there or there was a, a statistic that's saying that people who have who have set goals are far more successful or far more closer to achieving if they actually have them written down because if you're not clear on what goals you have and where you want to be you can't be clear on how you get in there a lot of people talk about mood boards I've seen powerpoints I've even seen excel sheets you know people yeah. that are so focused on numbers they're just like year one this number year two this number and they don't need to have you know how they're going to get it because they're just numbers driven yeah so how, how do you do it um, I think one thing I've, I was careful of not having too many goals and objectives because you can't be that clear if there's loads of stuff um, yeah. I think for me there was a simple thing of um, owning two two investment properties by the end of this year which okay. technically as of yesterday I've completed nice um, <laughs> so that's, that was like one thing and one was like a minimum requirement uh, per month of what I wanted of, of income um, you know and one or two other little things and I have that just written down in my, my notepad and at home uh, I do also have a, a vision board um, something like mood board vision board yeah um, up there and you know it's got different aspects of, of life that I want to 
try and strive for it's not a specific goal as such but it gives me the idea of where I want to be and the kind of life I want to lead yeah. um, so that, that that helps as well um, but you could be only nearly need sometimes like two, three, four goals um, that's all you need and then you yeah, can kind definitely. of work out how you're going to do it as you go along so do you just have big goals or would you have something like per month or um, it, it depends on how, how everyone works it really I mean I've um, this this year I've been using a, a system called bullet journaling um, for those who've heard of it or not heard of it it's right. essentially a notebook which you can write your, your month your monthly goals down and break it down by week and then break it down by day and it's you know sometimes you can get quite bogged down in it and sometimes it does help it depends on how you work as an individual um so you can take your yearly goal, break it down into how each month should look and how you can okay. achieve it. Yeah. And you can break it down further into weeks and days and That's good. be very set and structured for you. What's um, that called again? Bullet journal. Bullet journal. Um, okay. it's, it's something I've found quite useful and some people use it as quite um, an artistic outlet as well. You can be quite creative about it, putting ideas in there and um, having different like boards and stuff and other bits, but I'm quite methodical about it and just have like daily tasks in there rather yeah, than... Yeah anything else um, it's just how each it's it's how you work isn't it some people are so different yeah exactly yeah so have you got anything sort of exciting happening in the near future you've um, I've got um, well I've got lots of I've always got lots of ideas yeah um, always got things I'm looking out for um, I'm hoping at some point next next year I'll have I want to add to my portfolio personally as well and work on bigger conversion projects either you know JV um, you know purchases and things like that and yeah. got a couple of sites and, and things I'm looking at at the minute and just finishing off negotiations on so fingers crossed going to next year there should be some very interesting things on that side of things um, which will certainly help towards my million pound goal absolutely um, for yeah. sure because it's it- a lot of people talk about multiple streams of income, don't they? So yeah, it's good to have that. That's good. Well, we appreciate your time. Um, it's good to sort of have a deep dive into each of us, and we'll, we'll do one for myself as well yeah. uh, as our host. And then we've got the guest interviews coming up. But I'm sure we'll do a deep dive into each strategy and put your brains on, you know, single HMOs in separate podcasts. Um, would you want to just share your contact details in case anyone wants to get in touch you'll find me on Facebook at Jim Cross um, and you'll find a nice photo of me looking 35 yeah um, <laughs> um, or if you want to email me my email address is james at crossoverproperty.com thanks very much thank you this is the Entrepreneur Academy if you have a question use the hashtag the Entrepreneur Academy 